Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. I'm recording right next to my producer and co-host, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hi, Matt. Do I sound any different? Can you hear any difference in my personality? None whatsoever. Guess what? I've got bangs now. Oh, uh, Everyone a can whole be- new personality. Everyone can just hear the bangs I could tell you were more of mic. a bitch today. Yes, today and every day mm-hmm. until they grow out because I stop being able to maintain them. Is that what happens? Uh, yeah. I don't know how bangs work. They just grow. Clearly, I haven't had bangs since <laughs> <laughs> high school. They just grow. I know, and you posted on Instagram that you were inspired by Faramir <laughs> from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes, that is what that is an important thing to point out. I was inspired by Faramir uh, from watching many, many hours of Lord of the Rings the last week with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I literally showed a photo of him to my hairstylist. And I was like, listen, I know this is a shag, but can you make me look like this man from Lord of the Rings? And she was like, most people would show me a photo of, who is it? Alexa Chung? Is that a person? Alexi Probably. Chung, I think. <laughs> I don't know them, but she I... She was like, but I, I love that this is what you're doing. And I was like, thank you so much. Uh-huh. Um, and here we are. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, I'm excited to record with bangs. Yeah. I hope everybody hears the difference. Um, okay. <laughs> well, before we get into the episode, what is happening on today's episode? We're going to kick things off with a little ranting. Then we got Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous, worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into first dates because guess what? It's a Valentine's Day season. Valentine's Day is next week. Some of us are out in these streets going on several first dates. Uh-oh. One after the other. Bang, bang, bang. Metaphorically well, yeah. speaking. <laughs> and um, it's rough. It's rough out there. Not in a good way. So we'll talk about that. And finally, we'll get into all of the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier with our chasers. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right. Before we get into our rants, we have some exciting news. Yes. We are doing Unhappy Hour live. And I'm talking live, live people Not in person, just on in the Instagram. flesh. Here in New York City, Caroline's on Broadway. This is going to be a quarterly thing. We're going to do it every few months this year. Essentially a residency. A residency at Caroline's on Broadway in uh, Times Square. Ever, Ever heard, heard of, of it? it? Um, so we will include the ticket link in our bio. The first show is March 16th. It is a wine Wednesday. So we're going to get a little tipsy. Mm-hmm. It's the day before St. Patrick's Day. Oh, um, Taylor, that's actually terrifying. <laughs> also the three year anniversary of COVID. <laughs> Yay! Wait, is it three? Yeah, bitch. Fuck my face. Wait, right? No. Or two. Wait, no, it's the second year anniversary going on three years. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. 
Right, 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 right. The yes. second year. The second March that has passed since since the first one. Right, right. But guess what? We're going to be having a good time. So we'll include the ticket length. We're going to have a lot of fun. We are. I'm excited to get back out into the world, do Ugh. something fun and different. Yeah. And to see everybody. So uh, March 16th, Unhappy Hour Live, Caroline's on Broadway. Ticket link in our show notes. Okay, uh, moving on. Barry, what do you have to bitch about this week? Listen, this one might be a little bit New York centric, but I'm sure other people can relate. And that is the fact that landlords here charge so much goddamn money to live in their apartments, but then all of their freaking fixes for things that are wrong with your apartment are so DIY, it costs nothing. So here's, I'm not going to go through the entire uh, list of things that are wrong with my apartment that my landlord uh-huh. doesn't fix or fixes with literal cardboard, not a joke. The door to my apartment, we only have the key to one of the locks, not to the top bolt lock, uh-huh. which has never been a problem because we just lock the other lock and that's fine. But recently... The door has not been locking properly. And we realized that they had tried to fix the hole that the lock goes into with cardboard to make it line up properly. And now it's not lining up properly. And what that means is if we don't bolt lock it, which we're not used to, so we always forget, if the downstairs door to the outside opens, our door opens. And what that also means is that our upstairs neighbor's dog, who I love, but also it's been disgusting outside, just like runs into our apartment, fully booted up with his little muddy paws. I have had so many times where I'm just like sitting and all of a sudden there's just like the the, the door is just wide open to my hallway. (laughs) And like people just keep kind of coming into our apartment. I there was one time this is not quite what you're saying, but there was one time I was at your apartment and some moving guys were like moving a couch (laughs) in and they probably tapped the door and it flew open. You screamed. I jumped. I thought we were getting robbed. (laughs) And that has happened so many more times. I cannot imagine that happening on a regular basis. It's a regular basis now. And I realize one, I can just bolt lock it, but I forget. And we don't really have a key to the bolt locks. We can't do that from the outside. And two, I pay so much goddamn money to live in this apartment and our landlord used cardboard as a fix that doesn't even fix it yeah i mean tiktok has humbled me uh about new york real estate i get fed a lot of uh tiktoks about people like touring apartments or showing off their apartments showing off i'm using very lightly because it's basically (laughs) like look at the shithole that i live in and they charge me three thousand five hundred dollars for so yeah we're all in this together yeah um, it's ridiculous. And I just, I just will be sitting in my underwear and suddenly my door is wide open. So I send the most deranged emails to my building about like <laughs> shit in my apartment. I literally sent an email about how the heating unit makes like a grinding crunching sound. It's, <laughs> it sounds like there's a tiny person in there <laughs> chomping on nuts and bolts and they just marked like we have a system where you submit a, a like uh, a service request uh-huh. and they just marked it as dealt with. <laughs> I didn't get a call. Nobody visited my apartment. I was home the entire time. They were just like, yeah, we fixed it. Mm-hmm. What else is getting you down this week? Uh, well, I famously have had cavities for the last two years probably longer yeah let's be real (laughs) i went to the i mean i went to the dentist yeah literally i think two years ago Mm -hmm. a year and a half ago he was like guess what you got a fuck ton of cavities um but like nothing's infected or anything so it's like cool 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 i'll see you never (laughs) 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 and um mostly because i was like i didn't really have dental insurance so it's like okay if as long as something is like horrifically wrong I'll just come back at a different time. Sure. Oh, no, that's actually I I did make plans to like have my wisdom teeth removed. And then the surgeon like stopped replying to my emails <laughs> and I was got really weirded out. But I was like, OK, this is clearly just some person in a room right. answering emails. Um, famously, what everybody does, <laughs> just sit in a room and answer emails. Anyway, the point is folks you've heard me talk about my my teeth problems for a long time and it's finally come to a head and by a head i mean my head because (laughs) the inside of my skull is starting to hurt (laughs) 
I have tooth pain right now. I feel it like under my eye. Oh, God. Yeah, it's definitely some shit is going on. So honestly, if this is my last podcast recording, <laughs> I would not be surprised. I've also I just feel like this is how peasants like died in medieval times. Yes, it was. But thankfully, we have dentists now. So that is my great <laughs> because I've been trying to find a fucking dentist this week. I do have dental insurance now. I have come to discover that it sucks. Yeah, there is no good dental insurance. Yeah. And that Every dentist that accepts my insurance is the worst dentist imaginable. None of them are certified. They literally <laughs> sent me a list. I, I talked to someone on the phone. First of all, I had to call the insurance company to be like, is this a scam or do I have dental insurance? Because when you go on their website and try to find a fucking dentist, it doesn't list New York as a state. What, what so, is it like sending you to New Hampshire? No, it's like this This insurance is only in these states that I'm like, how do I have it then? Answer me that. My, so I had to call this woman and she. I was like, can you just list, like, tell me what my dental coverage is? And she was like, I mean, it, there's a, a bunch here. Do you want me to like read it or like? I'm like, yeah, yes, I would actually. That's what I'm calling for. So she was like, yeah, I mean, you get cleanings, you get like everything is covered. If you go to a doctor that accepts this insurance, the problem is everybody who accepts it is just a person with a table. <laughs> I literally. Probably well, my landlord is actually also your dentist now. I might as well be. <laughs> Every person that I've called, they're like, yeah, yeah, we have availability in April. Will that work? I'm like, no, I'll be dead by then. Thank you. <laughs> so I haven't been. Able Finally, I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to have to find someone and just pay out of pocket. It will probably be thousands of dollars because like one root canal is like twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. Hopefully what needs solving immediately is limited. And then I can find uh, perhaps a shittier person to deal with the rest of it. You know, a cool workaround for this. You could be like my grandpa and live in Arizona and just go to Mexico for your dentist work. <laughs> Not a joke. <laughs> or do what Tom Hanks did in Castaway. There we go. And just put my face between two rocks and kind of smash out my tooth. I can help with that. The weird thing is, which is probably much worse, is that if I actually like touch, if I go in my mouth and touch my teeth, nothing hurts. It's only like. <laughs> Up in the yeah, your root, your, the nerves are more up in there than right, in the right. actual tooth. That's yeah, so why. something is fucked. Also, I can go. <laughs> I, this entire episode is now about dentists. Also, when you try to find a dentist, I dare you not to read the reviews because every dentist, no matter how well reviewed they are, has one review on like Yelp that's like this person murdered my wife. <laughs> It has the most horrific story you can possibly imagine about how that doctor, like, destroyed their entire family. Yeah, good. And so it's like, okay, is that one person just cuckoo or are all the other reviews fake? Wow. And you can't trust the reviews. No. Nope. Because guess what? If I were a dentist and I fucked up everyone's mouth, I'd be writing the best reviews for myself. <laughs> Guess how many computers I would go buy? All of them. I'd go to the <laughs> Apple store, go computer, computer, create a different profile, and leave a positive Yelp review for myself. I mean, next, next day, guess what? I'm ripping your tooth out with a pair of pliers. My mom did that once. No! <laughs> Debbie! Oh, yeah. That's the, that's the other problem is that I grew up in the um, Debbie Bellisai School of Dentistry for a long <laughs> time. And there was one time where I had braces. They put my braces in before all my baby teeth had fallen out. And so they just didn't put a brace, a bracket on the like couple of teeth that were yeah. still baby teeth. But because the braces were like securing the teeth around it, it was still like in there pretty solid. It didn't like wiggle. Uh huh. But it was like loose and ready to come out. And finally, my mom was like, we, we, let's just rip it out. <laughs> and I literally got a pair of pliers <laughs> from my dad's toolbox. We sanitized it, heavy air quote usage, with a Kleenex that she wrapped around it. <laughs> and then she put it in my mouth and ripped it out, immediately started gushing blood. And then I ran to the bathroom and threw up everywhere God. bloodiest vomit i've ever had in my oh life because it was disgusting. just a mixture of vomit and blood yeah. oh. and um one of the most traumatic experiences of my life i was in first grade oh my lord you had braces in first grade nope that's a lie yeah i wouldn't have had braces in first grade maybe that particular tooth rip out the bloody one was earlier mm. 
There have been multiple. <laughs> oh, she definitely ripped out multiple teeth, but God. that was the bloodiest. <laughs> and then there was one with a pair of pliers. Wow. Anyway, you could tell why my mouth is <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> oh, and then my last complaint is that you've been in my apartment for probably an hour and a half and have not wished me a happy half birthday. So fuck, fuck you. I'm so sorry. There have been at least two people on Twitter, um, oh. one of whom wished me a happy half birthday for the express purpose of making me not be able to complain about my nobody wishing me wow. a happy half birthday. So fuck them. <laughs> But also, fuck you for forgetting. Should I sing the happy birthday song at half speed? Anyway, ha- that's what's getting me down this happy week. Happy birthday. I'll throw hot tea <laughs> right in your face. Well, let's check out the Ren hotline and see uh, what you are all complaining about. Hey, y'all. I have a rant that I've been holding on to for a while. Ooh. The thing that I hate that everybody else loves is going out to eat. <gasps> to be fair, I don't hate going out to eat i just hate going out to eat all the time constantly and Mm -hmm. i don't know when it became acceptable in our culture that spending half your paycheck on food just because someone else has prepared it in a second location but I, i i don't get it and i disagree with it going out to eat is not a hobby and there's so many people now like that's just all that they know what to do in their free time is go out to eat and it drives me crazy and I know because it's something that most everybody else loves, it makes me sound like a grunge. <laughs> but I stand by it. Going out to eat is not a hobby, people. Like, let's find more interesting things to do. Please, I beg of you. Thank you. That is a controversial one, that I will is. admit. Yeah, that's one. That is a genuine answer to that question. A lot of people will say something that they hate, and it's like everybody Everyone hates that does. thing. This one is it's a bold statement. So thank you for sharing your truth, for being so vulnerable. This is a safe space. That yeah. being said, trash opinion. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess it depends on like what kind of restaurants you have available to you. Also, it's like, yeah, if your friends only can think of going out to eat at a restaurant as like the thing to do together, like, yeah, we we could all use a little more creativity in our friendships. Yeah. Also, like the art of just having people over is kind of dead. We, Alex and I, you came over for dinner and yeah. instead of t- getting takeout or going out, we were just like, let's just cook up some burgs. And by right. let's, I mean, Alex made us dinner. <laughs> Alex did make an entire meal and I just showed up with I mean, cookies. same. <laughs> yeah. I showed up with nothing. So I, I... made drinks. That's true. I poured brandy and added <laughs> maple syrup to it. <laughs> yeah. It, so it does depend. I do feel this definitely, and this is on theme for today's episode, I feel this when I'm planning dates where I'm like, I just feel so lame, but like, yeah, that's just the thing that you default to is yeah. we're going to go have dinner. I wonder if this also has as far as it being like a societal cultural thing. It's like the rise of like cool restaurants and like foodie culture. Right. And if that seeped into it, you know? Yeah. Usually I think what makes a restaurant better is that they probably are more particular about like what ingredients they're using than I would be at home. Yeah. Like and they know how to cook (laughs) and it's an atmosphere and everything. (laughs) But also it's like, yeah, you could just make this shit at home. Yeah. For a tenth of the price Mm -hmm. but i don't fucking want to (laughs) i like going out to eat but it is so expensive it is you really you really brought up a lot of conflicting feelings yeah well thank you so much for calling in and if you other listeners have some shit you need to get off your chest you can call us too 601-600 rant that's what matt that's 601-600-7268 All right. Well, let's get into our headlines. All right. Worst things first. Let's chat about the worst news of the week. First, actually, an update on a story from last week that I literally didn't see it until I saw you. You shared it on the Unhappy Hour Instagram. Yeah. And I gasped when I saw it. Literally gasped on the toilet. (laughs) Um. The last week we had a story about this person who found what might have been a coyote or a dog. It was unclear. Spark debate. The update is that the animal has gone missing. It escaped from the wildlife shelter. It escaped and they haven't found it. 
I, Fred the goat, if you're out there, I give I, him back. Give him back. Like this isn't the one to set free. Yeah, at least until the mystery is solved. Uh, yeah. Or this is part of a much bigger conspiracy that we just don't have the knowledge and information oh, to no. see. <laughs> Yeah. Also, having seen the photo of the little creature, I do kind of understand why they were confused. I mean, it does. It either looks like a very matted, like fucked up dog or a coyote. Yeah. Yeah. Which like just kind of always looks fucked up and matted. Right. But now I guess we'll never know. Yeah. I guess we'll never know until this animal is found once again until it goes on to confuse a new family maybe this is some type of like you know serious black type omen where it's like <laughs> oh it appears to you when you least expect it but actually it's your dad's best friend from high school <laughs> <laughs> oh what a fucked up story <laughs> anyway our first story brings us to florida only in florida where by the way we are celebrating a national annual tradition to, to all who celebrate. It's officially iguanas falling from trees season. Yay! That's not even the actual worst things for a story, but famously every year, I think we've talked about yeah. how the National Weather Service issues a warning in Florida when temperatures get to below freezing because iguanas don't like it and they just freeze up and then start falling from the sky and then everyone's like oh look a dead iguana but actually it's just a frozen iguana and then it comes back to life you think you're getting a fucking iguana popsicle guess what (laughs) bitch you got a new pet (laughs) anyway happy iguana falling from tree season to all who celebrate but the story is that commissioners in miami dade also, why is a commissioner? What do they do? What is this, Batman? <laughs> you, oh, you run Gotham, Commissioner? <laughs> commissioner Gordon? Don't no idea what a commissioner is and why they have them. And guess what? But We're it's not also like Chicago. Chicago has aldermen. It's like, okay, aldermen. <laughs> what is that even? Commissioners in Miami-Dade, Florida, voted to loosen a law protecting peacocks. So we can finally start showing these motherfuckers something I like to call hardcore justice, bitch. <laughs> Welcome, peacocks. You're about, to get, you're about to see God. NBC is shaking in their boots. Yeah. So here's the thing. There is this 20-year-old law that protects peacocks from harm. But cities have been allowed to opt out of this law if they're able to present plans to humanely remove peacocks from areas where they're not wanted because peacocks are like kind of an invasive species right or at least they're just annoying as fuck to have (laughs) around and now they've officially passed a law that's like okay we're gonna loosen it up anybody who wants to kind of fuck up a peacock have at it friends get your feathers technically you still can't harm them but Mm. it is much easier to now relocate them let's face it you can probably fuck it up and they'll be fine with it (laughs) I don't think anyone really cares. But the problem is, I, I guess people do care, actually. If This has kind of spurred this hot debate in the community because some communities actually, like, really love the peacocks and, and want to protect them. And then other parts of the community are like, fuck these fucking birds. I don't want any of this bullshit in my life. It's like mating season. They get super aggressive. They lay their eggs. They build their nests. They start pecking out our cars. They're like a mix of really beautiful Canadian geese and like huge red winged blackbirds. Yeah, it's like important to remember these are birds and birds are <laughs> terrifying and horrible. Ooh, and is technically this, dinosaurs. Is this a story for... Birdwatch 2022. Yeah. Do we have a Birdwatch 2022? No, we got to do it. Birdwatch 2022. Yeah, some of these commissioners have like genuinely been defending the peacocks being like, oh, what, what are we just trying to... Because initially the person who proposed this was like, let allow us to kill the birds. Uh, and then the, this person was like, oh, oh, we're just talking about sentencing peacocks to death now. Okay. Actual quote from wow. the story. Um, so yeah, some, some very passionate people, honestly. Yeah. How else is Donatella Versace's compound going to look like a majestic kind of forest? Yeah. I also just want to point out, cause I looked it up really quick. Um, Florida fully has the death sentence. <laughs> so <laughs> so like, it's legal to kill a person, but, but not, not a bird. peacock. <laughs> it is strange. Why are peacocks protected? They're not like, uh, uh, they're not Native like bird to Florida. Yeah, they're not an endangered species or anything, no. as far as I know. So it's just like, oh, these birds look better than the other birds, so yeah. we'll save them. 
I guess. Classist bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Classic beauty bias. Ugh, hot people get everything. <laughs> Next. Also in Florida. Only in Florida. A sheriff's office in Newport Ritchie. Oh, it sounds like a fucking name you pulled out of a hat. <laughs> I don't know. Call the town Newport Ritchie. A sheriff's office has turned off comments on its social media posts because authorities said too many people are reporting crimes in comments rather than calling 911. Oh, no. So you, people are going on Facebook, commenting on a post, being like, a crime is happening. <laughs> rather than fucking calling 911. Also, like, we've learned for so long, don't read the comments. Yeah. You think someone is just on the other end reading through all of these comments like, oh, shit, robbery is happening. I will say, well, there is also it said instead of calling 911 or submitting tips through the agency's website. So there is a way to report like, I don't know. I have always thought like what happens if you're like under a bed and like someone is in your house? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, obviously, you're not going to like pick up the phone and be like, hello, (laughs) I'm under the bed. (laughs) Right. You have to have like a a clandestine way of reporting your imminent murder. (laughs) But yeah, people were commenting. So I guess this case was a a little special because this particular sheriff's office has some pretty popular accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram because they capitalized on the popularity of the show Live PD on A&E. Listen to the Pineapple Street Studios podcast running from cops to understand why I'm saying boo. Yeah, I mean, most (laughs) cop TV shows are like highly manipulative (laughs) and um, yeah, they have to kind of coerce all of the people on that show into like signing their rights over. Anyway, Um, So they have like 300,000 followers on Facebook, 131,000 on Twitter in a county of only 583,000 people. So, um, yeah, basically this entire community is on Facebook. I mean, everybody is. And yeah, so they had to announce that they they would no longer allow public comments on any of their pages because they were afraid that they would start missing life or death information. And it was prompted because they started going through comments and, and realizing people were like leaving missing missing person stuff oh god runaways so they'd be like yeah my teen ran away and it's like yeah call 911 <laughs> this uh, has existed for literal I'm, I'm pretty sure like benjamin franklin invented 911 did they have phones back then probably not no. <laughs> next scientists have been helping to relocate owls to protected areas basically fucking silicon valley but mr bezos or whatever his name is he has to build all of his fancy buildings and then they they knock down all of the trees and they have to relocate the owls Aww. so biologists have to go in and try to relocate the owls but they've discovered these owls don't really like when that happens yeah no shit they don't like being evicted from their tree homes. Right. They don't really like to stay in their new homes, the places where they they try to relocate them, until now. Because biologists learned a clever trick. All you got to do to get an owl to stay in its house is play some owl sounds and scatter a bunch of owl shit everywhere. <laughs> Turns out owls like love their own shit. <laughs> they just love living in places icons. covered in their own shit. Absolute icons. I do love the idea of like a New York realtor doing this <laughs> to people, but just showing an apartment and being like, okay, as you'll notice, this bathroom is covered in shit. And then the person being like, I'll take it. I'll yes. take it. I don't even want to leave right now. Yeah. No, I'll move right in. <laughs> Don't don't clean this up. No, I want it covered in shit. I want the toilet seat. You can't even close it because the shit is mounded that high. That's what I want. So, yeah, it turns out basically owls want to know that like other owls are there and that they approve of the neighborhood. So they, need, like, they want community. Yeah. Owls. These particular owls are actually like pretty extroverted. Can't relate. But <laughs> yeah, I just love that that is the metric. Like if you were an extrovert, like imagine being like, oh, yeah, I've heard great things about this club. There's shit everywhere. <laughs> That's why dive bar- bars are so popular. It makes sense. They just smell like straight up. Urine. I once found a $100 bill on the bathroom floor of a dive bar and I had to go through a real crisis because I was like, do I take this and risk the venereal diseases I will <laughs> inevitably get? 
Did you take it? Yeah, obviously. Okay, good. It was at that bar that I used to go to in college that charged $20 for an open bar all night. That should be illegal. And there was a buffet. Wow. And it had deep fried ravioli. <gasps> anyway, um, yeah, so they piloted this program um, where they just played recordings of owl calls and um, they used a syringe to squirt around fake owl poop, which was in reality white paint. Wait, so it's not it's not even real poop? No, it's fake shit. That's I, I feel like they should just do the owls the favor of going all the way. Owls, I, I guess, are stupid as fuck. Yeah. And they just see a spattering of white paint and are like, oh, oh no, uh, did I shit myself? <laughs> it's like, no, you dumb piece of shit. Are you that stupid? Guess so. Look at yourself in the mirror, owl. You can turn your fucking head all the way around, but you don't know the difference between piece of paint and your own feces? You make me sick. <laughs> and finally... That you sent me this story, I did. actually. It I was did. a response. Um, I believe last week we talked about how routinely humans have fucked up dogs oh, by yeah. breeding them and breeding them over and over and over to be cute and to not be functional. <laughs> we have prized style over substance when it comes to dogs. And now Norway has banned the breeding of British bulldogs and Cavalier King Charles Spaniels uh, because they say it would violate animal welfare laws. Yeah. <laughs> so take that, bulldogs. They are both. Well, actually, I got to say, I think bulldogs are very cute. I actually don't think that Cavalier King Charles Spaniels are very cute. Wow. Controversially, I would say the opposite. I know. But here we are. Two differing opinions coming together on one podcast. I like French bulldogs. I guess I am more. I, just call me a faggot straight up. I'm... <laughs> I'm more of a, I like a French bulldog. I like a King Charles Cavalier. They're both French. Yeah, yeah. I like I like the story of King Charles Yeah, Spaniels. that's amazing. It's like, I want a dog that is perfect for my lap. Like, yes. I think we should bring back the hairstyle of King Charles. <laughs> Wait, I, like, need, I need a photo. You know, it's like they, they made those dogs with the big floppy ears to look like how French men in like the 1800s used to have big curly hair. So anyway, the district court in Oslo ruled that the breeding of these dogs, both of which are prone to health problems due to selective breeding, went against Norway's Animal Welfare Act. Yeah, they're like, basically, you're fucking up these dogs bad. Yeah, they're like, they can't breathe. They have weird rashes between their folds. Their skin just doesn't really work properly. Yeah. And their eyes? Oh, no. Things are not right there. I just feel like bulldogs sound like they can't breathe. Yeah, because they can't. <laughs> Their entire faces are just leaking. I mean, I'm describing myself, but yeah. still. Anyway, so sorry, I guess. I guess you can't have dogs. It's like you can't do anything anymore. Cancel culture strikes again. Ugh. Anyway, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Don't forget to share and tag us in ridiculous news that you want us to cover on Instagram. Tag us at Unhappy Hour. And next up, we're diving deep into Worst First Dates. Right after this commercial break. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep tide, deep tide, deep tide, deep tide, deep tide, deep tide, deep tide. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense thing you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now 
I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. All right. Well, it's Valentine's season, the season where those of us who are single are painfully reminded of just how much farther we have to go to being in a relationship, unless you're lesbian, because then it's like one step away. (laughs) It's one hello away from being in a full-blown relationship. But the rest of us, okay, we're out here in the dating pool drowning, you want you want to enter the dating pool? You better have a good flotation device. Am I right, ladies? Oh. You better start in the shallow end, not the kiddie pool. No, 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 no. <laughs> you stay out of there. Here's the thing. If you want to not be alone forever, you got to meet someone. You got to find a person. And to find a person, you got to fucking date. And to date, you got to go on that dreaded of all engagements, the first date. That awkward first meeting where you sit down with a virtual stranger and start unraveling the onion that is your shitty life peel by peel peel by peel hoping that they're not scared away by your stench just sobbing yeah and you to theirs so let's face it first dates they suck it's a whole lot of pretending you're just showing up acting like an eligible partner (laughs) acting like a, a a catch what's that shakespeare quote all the world's a stage and men and women merely players. Uh-oh. Men, I've, I've found that men are more likely to be players. Am I right? <laughs> but yeah, first dates suck. So let us count the ways. I've been on several first dates recently. And this is a deeply personal deep dive for you. Yeah. Famously, I have said that I, I resent creators who harp on dating because I think it reflects more poorly on them than it does. Uh There is one guy on TikTok whose stuff I see all the time and it is he's literally complaining about a different person every single time I see him. (laughs) And I'm like this. Oh, it sounds like some what's the common denominator here? It's But first dates, universal experience, right? I don't think I am revealing myself to be um, the problem here. No, no. (laughs) Yet, yet. Anyway, let's get into it. First of all, there's so much work that has to go into it before you even get to the first date. Okay? You have to wade through the cesspool that is the apps or however else you intend on meeting a person. The fact that there are people who just go out into the world and meet somebody in real life... (laughs) Without having to find them on the... I don't understand how people found one another before the dating apps. I mean, I, I can tell you that I literally met Alex on, <laughs> yeah, on a true. doorstep. <laughs> and I was like, hey, your sweater's inside out. And he said, I know it looks cooler this way. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then we listened to each other's radio shows and fell in love over the airwaves. Okay, I'm going to stick my finger down my throat. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess so. I guess like out of necessity, you had to meet people in person. But yeah. now that the option is there and has has changed our brain chemistry, to I think don't. it's the only option or the better option. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, particularly in the last few years when you haven't really been able the to last be outside. Years, yeah. Right. Yeah. We're going outside has been illegal. I have seen a number of of women in particular on tiktok this is going to be i again this is a drinking game folks (laughs) if you're driving you know throw it back um (laughs) every time i mention tiktok but there's a a trend where um women are are like i'm just gonna go to like once a week i'm gonna get dressed up and like go to a bar by myself 
Not recommended, frankly. No, I would not want to do that at all. <laughs> like, you know, you don't have to go at like 11 p.m. Yeah. But like, just go like sit at the bar, have a drink. And then leave. if you talk to someone, great. If not. I think a better thing to do is to plan a bunch of street pranks and go out and do a bunch of street pranks and try to meet someone that way. Right. Just full Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, take a raccoon and get it to bite your nipple. Yeah. I mean, if right? Eric Andre were to show up and do that to me, like I would marry him. Yeah, well, I would marry him anyway. You're a freak. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there is so much. So anyway, you have to try to find a person that you're e- even vaguely interested in to begin with. And then uh, there is the talking stage. Now, this is, I feel like, a relatively new term. Yeah. The talking stage. I don't know how people define the talking stage. If that is including the first, like, several dates... Or if it's literally just the phase where you're texting with someone before you've established. I don't know if you have an opinion. I actually don't even know if I know what the talking stage is. The talking stage, I guess, is defined as that stage before. It's basically a term made up by like millennial slash Gen Z to avoid commitment for even longer (laughs) to be like, we're not we're not dating. Like if you're telling if you're talking to a friend Mm. saying like, you wouldn't say like, oh, I'm dating someone, but you would say like, oh, I'm talking to someone. Okay. Which I guess would include the first like few dates. Sure. But I think of it as like, it is that phase of like, you're, you've matched with someone, you have, you, you, perhaps you've set up a first date or you're getting ready for it and you have to try to like, see if there's even a rapport. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a little flirt, flirtatious chemistry. Right. Right. And it's too much work. Yeah. Because you have to try to you have to try to suss out like, okay, are they a good communicator? Are they not a good texter, but perhaps better in person? Do you is that even a thing? (laughs) Yeah. Also, like you would not be talking to this person on the phone anyway. You would only be texting because that's all you do. So like they have to be a good texter. Yeah, but I did go on a date with someone who was like a very good texter and then spent the entire date on the phone. And I was like, oh, that's why you're a good texter because you never look up. So it's a double-edged sword. It is. The point is, yeah, how much do you have to know about the person? Like what kind of, you have to go through this checklist of even before you make the first date of like this person is at least checked off these things that I know uh, they're not going to pull out a knife and stab me. And guess what? They still might. Then you have to fucking decide on what the perfect first date activity even is. Yeah. I hate coordinating plans normally. Yeah. But then you raise the stakes with a freaking first date. I'm out. Okay. Are you going to get coffee? Are you going to get drinks? Are you, is it going to be a let's have dinner situation? Do you just have one drink? Do you do it during the day? Do you do it, do it at night? Do you do it during a weekday? Do you give them precious Friday or Saturday night time? Each decision says something about yourself that you're opening up to be judged. Right, right. So, okay, my default is let's meet for a drink Mm -hmm. Um, and picking the location of where we will have a drink is also too much pressure. I have to act like, oh, I fucking have all these places in my, oh, look at me. I'm a connoisseur of of, of cocktail bars around New York City. <laughs> like, I've been outside more than once in the last 10 years. Don't you just go to one bar, though? The same bar? I typically have gone to a one place that I like because you can make reservations. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, I did fully get COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I did get COVID the last time I was there. And I know that because because they take reservations, they have everyone's email and they emailed us to say, you've been exposed. And then I got COVID. <sighs> and then there's the question of you get COVID on a first date. Do you have to see that person again? I feel like you have to marry them. Because then I feel a, a tremendous amount of guilt about um, having picked the place where we got COVID. Did you guys go on a second date? We have not. No. Have you continued to talk? Not really. Oh, no. Um, Is he alive? Yeah. That's good. I also have so much anxiety picking a spot where I'm like, what if I like usually in the first uh, in the talking stage, I'll 
ask like you know what neighborhood do you live in and you kind of exchange that vague information Mm -hmm. and then it's like if you pick a spot that is close to one of their apartments or is that implying something right again each decision has opportunity for judgment yeah there's too much room to read into something what's the expectation and then it's like what if i pick a shitty place and then that reflects poorly on me because you oh you hated your drink And it's like, sorry, I didn't know. Do you always have to pick a place that you've been to before? Mm. This is all. We haven't even got to the date yet. (laughs) I'm only talking about all the decisions that go into making uh, a first date happen. (laughs) And there is a fucking confirmation dance that has to happen beforehand. Because if you plan a date that is more than 24 hours in advance, you basically have to check in hourly to make sure (laughs) it's still happening. Because, you know, everybody under the age of 40 and above wants to cancel everything that they've planned. Next, there's also the pressure to be on time. You just have to pretend like you're someone who always shows up (laughs) five minutes early. I I mean, this applies to everything. I do think I I hate people who are like... um, You know, I'm just so quirky. I'm always late. And it's like, actually, you're a piece of shit. Um, (laughs) But then sometimes I'm like that. Yeah. Also... If you're exactly on time or dare I say early, are you setting the expectation too high? Is it like, should you give them your worst self or your best self? But also like in New York City, it's like, I'm going to be late. Yeah, everyone's going to be late in New York and LA. I think the number one rule is if you're late, you have to be communicating the entire time. Mm -hmm. You have to be literally like dictating everything that you're witnessing on the train everything that uber driver is doing and saying also if you're on time like what are you going to have to talk about if you're late you can talk about yeah why you were late that's the first 20 minutes settled done okay now we've arrived at the date you're sitting at a table i'm gonna for the sake of this deep dive say we're having a drink right okay then there is that awkward menu dance that everybody has to perform when you sit down i always find it intensely awkward when you sit down on a first date and there was that moment where it's like i know we need to look at the menu to decide what we're gonna have uh-huh. but also you are a stranger and we have to have some type of like small talk to begin with right and then it just kind of becomes you kind of like narrating the menu at each other <laughs> <laughs> i gotta be honest with you that continues even if you're 10 years into a relationship. That's true. That's true. I guess <laughs> that that's dance, just every... Uh, is just a, it, that's just going out. <laughs> that's just every time you sit at any restaurant. Yeah. But it is, of course, extremely heightened for the first time. Because like, like you said, they are a stranger. Right. I do think it gets easier because you're more comfortable like sitting in silence with someone that sure. you know. For at least, in, at least until you've decided. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I always have to be like, oh, you know, what's what's your liquor of choice? Yeah, And then sometimes you have a waiter who comes by who's like, are you guys ready? And then it's like, oh, oh, yeah. What do we do now? The waiter will always interrupt that awkwardness. It's always in the middle of you trying to decide what you're having. And then you both have to kind of to be fair, that is a good test Mm. because an important part of a first date is how well do they treat the waiter? Right. If they're going straight to talking to the manager, you get the fuck out of there. Right. Yeah. If the words the manager ever come out of their (laughs) mouth, you need to get out. Next. A first date is basically you pretending to be someone that you're not for a couple of hours. <laughs> great Let's advice, just great be real. Advice. Okay. A first date, everybody does it. You just have to be like, oh, yeah, I'm, oh, I always stop after just two drinks, <laughs> right? Oh, oh, I always just eat a little tiny bite and then put it down I and, take and ma- <laughs> chew well before swallowing. It takes so many big breaths between bites. Right. Oh, my pants always fit. <laughs> oh, I'm always wearing pants. <laughs> Uh, And it's like, no, you're absolutely you're putting on a a farce is what you're doing. You're putting on a little little one man play for this other person being like, oh, look, look at me. I'm so well put together. You know what question I hate? What what do you do for work? (laughs) Don't ask me these hard hitting questions (laughs) on the first date. How do you expect me to answer that? Next, there's also the pressure of how long the date should actually be. And the dick, am I right, ladies? Actually, no. It's 2022. And guess what? We support all sizes. I'll say it right into the camera. (laughs) It's not about the size of the wave. It's about how you can wreck that boat. (laughs) 
It's like my mom always says, you can drown in a puddle of water. So think about that as it relates Next to what you, I Next you are entered by a man. <laughs> um, but really, how long should a first date be? You always have to pretend to like have an out. Right. Which I always forget to do. I think the best advice that I see is always a first date should be like no longer than like an hour and a half. Um, always have an out. Even if you like the person a lot, like have an out and then leave them wanting more. Mm. The point is like a first date should just be short, sweet, like see if you even have yeah. any chemistry. You can always use me as an excuse. I'm klutzy enough where like I could have an emergency that you need to attend to immediately. Right, right. Usually I think it's like, oh, I have like theater reservations, <laughs> not like, oh no, my <laughs> my, my podcast co-host broke her leg. <laughs> uh there was only one time that I like physically ran out of a date and actually it was because I genuinely had tickets to a, a show that came up at the last minute. Mm. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Uh and of course I was running late to that. Yep. I'm just chronically unable to cut a conversation short. <laughs> and so... Because and you're so good at being a podcast host. I know. you got to stay engaged. My job is to be compelling <laughs> and to hold a conversation with people and to be good at small talk. And the problem is, if they're not asking questions, I will do all of the talking. Like, I'll do all the asking. And it could go on forever unless one of us <laughs> cuts it off. I've I've been on dates where I'll have like four cocktails, which is too many That's for a first too date. Many. Uh, and it's You're just, spilling secrets at three. Yeah. I'm like, I can barely keep my eyes open. Not because I'm tired, but because my my eyelids You lost are, function. <laughs> yeah, are no longer operational. Also, you have to pretend like you don't already have a full dossier on on that includes their mother's maiden name, <laughs> the date that their childhood dog died, uh, their high school college transcripts. So just all the password answers. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I definitely do a perfunctory search. Oh, you are an internet sleuth. Oh yeah. I mean, I can genuinely find anyone, anyone with minimal information. Yeah. Yeah. It is scary. And honestly, I mean, I've said this before. This is not news to any potential suitors who are listening. But yeah, I mean, I'll do a quick search, mostly to see if they follow me. Ah. Because then I'm like, okay, you've been pretending like you <laughs> don't know. It, it informs a lot. But I'm trying to dial back. I'm like, okay, I don't have to find like right. their dad's Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> um, but sometimes that's important. Also, one of the worst parts is that the waiter always knows you're on a first date. And so does everyone around you. And they're all judging. And frankly, they should fill out comment cards. If you're going to listen, if you're going to judge my date, then at least your opinion should be filed. And yeah. I should get I should get constructive feedback. Yeah. I also think that at the end, everyone in the restaurant should vote as to whether or not you should A, sleep together and B, go on a second date. Right. Right. It's like you tell me if there's chemistry. Yeah. You tell me if you can feel it. Make every single dinner. A game show. Yeah. That is the other thing, uh, too, that don't ask me why, but this has come up in therapy, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> this is all just a therapy appointment. But my therapist has told me on several. She's like, you have to remember that like a date, it is like biological and there's chemistry involved. Mm -hmm. Genuinely, you have connections with certain people like pheromones are involved, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. aminals. Okay. <laughs> So it's like um, you can have a connection with someone over text and not have a connection with someone over, uh, you know, in person. And like it is honestly you mostly know in the first like five minutes. And that's what's shitty about it because it's like, fuck. And now I have to go on the rest of this fucking date. Right. Even though I already know. Um, you also have to uh, find a casual, not weird way to be like, how badly did your parents fuck you up? <laughs> Right, 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 right. And on the flip side, hide all of your own kind of trauma. Yeah, it, it's a fine balance of playing therapist or not. Right. You just have to give them, you don't want them to be shocked when everything inevitably comes out. You have to give them a little like sampler. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just a little tease. Right. Like a flight, like a, you know, a, a mm. whiskey flight. Yeah. But just a little dollop of like, oh, you know. Um, my favorite phrase on a first date is, it's complicated. <laughs> 
<laughs> I will rarely say that, but like whenever whenever I ask someone a question, they're like, well, you know, it's complicated. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, okay. There's something deeply disturbing under that. <laughs> um, what else? Worst things happen on a first date when they're clearly not over their ex. Mm. The number of people where I'm like, you have some stuff that you need to resolve. Okay. I get it. We all have baggage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Famously an entire game show. Loved that show. Baggage. Do you ever watch it? I think we talked no, about it. We've this. talked about it for sure. But like if you find yourself having sharing more than like, I don't know, two sentences about a previous suitor, you're not over it. Yeah, no. Yeah, you need to go back. You need to revisit that and get closure. And finally, the worst part of a first date is that you have to end it in that awkward, like, Mm. do we do this again? Do we, well, do you smooch or do Uh you not smooch on a first date? Are you going to go? Do you smash? Do you not smash on a first date? And how how is do this you how you talk about things? doing right, it? Right, right. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I mean, do you think that you want to go smoochy smoochy me? Or no? I always like to do like full high school. Like I'll fill out on a ripped out piece of paper, like smooch, and then check <laughs> yes or no. And then I have like a glitter pen that I pass pass over. Honestly, it'd probably be considered cute. Maybe that actually or deranged. Cons- <laughs> But yeah, to me, the ideal situation is that you part ways and then both of you never speak to the other person. (laughs) That to me is ideal when you just mutually are like, and neither because then there's the awkwardness. That is the thing is it's like once you've been on a first date, unless that happens, something has to happen. Right someone is going to text and then someone at some point is either going to, it's either going to have to continue or someone is going to have to make it awkward. I think you're onto something with a comment card. Right. It's like that 30 rock episode where Liz and her husband, her eventual husband fight. And she's like, well, how are we going to ever break up? (laughs) (laughs) The uh, terrifying thing is like, either you're going to marry that person or They'll kill you. Murder, suicide. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> Which one will I be? You don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's it for this week's deep dive. Good luck out there, folks. It's rough. Those waters are choppy. Choppy, choppy. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good shit that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with two better white people, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. This week, guess what? Let me put on my white people voice. It's Black History Month, folks. <laughs> uh, there's no whiter sentence that a white person can possibly say. No. Than it's, it's Black History Month. But happy Black History Month. Famously, I, I love Anti-Racism Daily that has now been renamed um, Anti-Racism Daily Take Action or ARD Take Action on Instagram. So if you're not following that account, you should be. But they're doing this email series called 28 Days of Black History that you can sign up for. It's 28daysblackhistory.com. I feel like, yeah, after school, unless you're like actually trying to educate yourself yeah and also in school you barely learn anything about black history so yeah honestly at this point like just getting educated is like 80 percent of the battle considering the fact that there are like multiple states just fully banning books yeah in schools although there's a lot of books that are like about gay people where it's like oh you you know Oh, they had. Oh, they're gay. We can't teach them this. Meanwhile, the Bible is like this girl fucked her dad. <laughs> what is? Where are you going with this? <laughs> the point is, information is powerful. You should be educated, and um, this is a great resource to um, make your Black History Month, fellow whites, very informative and educational. Moving on, what? 
TV have you been watching this week? So I finished Yellow Jackets um, and I finished Flowers, which I've talked about before. That's really it's short, but I I recommend savoring it. Uh Um, It's and I I loved it. I think it might be one of my favorite shows ever. The second season, it's to remind people it's by Will Sharp, who is this Japanese and English filmmaker, writer, actor. He also created Landscapers, which we've talked about, which is on HBO. Flowers, you can watch on Netflix. It's two seasons long. It's only six episodes each. They're 20 minute episodes. The first season's definitely harder on the comedy. And the second season is still funny, but also like much deeper and much more about mental health. And as a trigger warning, if you're watching it, it also is about suicide. Um, But it is just a beautiful show. And I also haven't seen a show transition like that uh, in, in terms of tone so well in a really long time. Uh-huh. So I loved that. But Alex and I also started another comedy, which is on HBO Max, and it's called Southside. I don't think I've talked about it on the pod yet. I don't know. It's um, it's a comedy that's set in the South Side of Chicago, and it's so fucking funny. <laughs> and it's about like these two guys who are in who work for a rent to own company, and so it's a lot of them having to like go and repossess furniture and things like that from uh-huh. different people. Uh, and it's really funny, and I'm really enjoying it. So that's what I'm watching. What about you? Uh, well, I mentioned that I had started this last week, but I binged it in the last week, and that is Euphoria. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm fully invested. <laughs> One of my favorite shows now, perhaps oh, also of all time. I will say, okay, a few a few thoughts on Euphoria. Sure. And I should say, I'm saying, oh, fuck, cause that, does that mean that I have to watch it and like get through the trigger? It is definitely like, if you find the topics difficult to deal with like yes i i don't know if i would recommend it okay all right (laughs) all i needed to hear (laughs) um because yes for for those who have absolutely no idea what it is about no people know i don't i had a conversation with someone yesterday was like i have no idea what it's about fine zendaya uh plays uh a high school junior who has just got out of rehab um for like hardcore drug abuse and has no intention of staying clean, like intends on keeping on using. And it's about her. And um, the plot is very, it's like very style first. Yeah. Um, I love looking at pictures of Euphoria. Yeah. It is it is gorgeous to watch and to listen to. Like Drake is a producer. So it's like very like music mm. heavy, music forward. It honestly at times feels like you're watching a music video that just happens to have like a story and characters (laughs) yeah it's about her and all of her classmates who all have problems that are those of like a a 40 year old war veteran (laughs) (laughs) i mean like every every like adult topic you can imagine literally the warning that shows up at the beginning lists like every trigger warning that you could possibly have because it deals with all of it but yeah it is like both super dark but super like soapy and um yeah, really gorgeous to watch, but everything is so like Zendaya is so good. Yeah, all of the acting is really good. Yeah, and I feel like now it has reached that status of like it is the show that everybody is watching right. and talking about week to week. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll get into it. Anyway, what is your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is that we were on Chelsea Devontes' podcast, Celebrity Book Club, talking about Reba. Yeah. And I it just I had so much fun in the recording. I love Chelsea, and it just makes me really happy that we were on that show. So that is my chaser this week. What about you? What's your non-TV chaser? Well, as I've said, I have been in a very um, shopping mood. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, purchasing a lot of things that I probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Purchasing a lot of things that I don't actually need, but um, would like anyway. Yeah. And I'm trying. I've said this multiple times, but I'm trying to keep plants alive. So I purchased some plants, but I also got this mister that I love. I was so excited to get it. It is an electric. It's essentially an electric spray bottle is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Is that it's you press a button and it has this like fine mist that comes out. It's from Bloomscape, not sponsored, but they should give me money. And I, yeah, there are so many plants. I mean, I would say like most plants um, should not be inside. Yeah, they need they're, humidity. They're tropical. Yeah. And it is winter in New York City and the moisture, like my skin is cracking open. Like I'm 
climbing Mount Doom every day. Topical. And I, uh, so yeah, I wanted. <laughs> How is that topical? It's not. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I got this mister that like, yeah, is a, it, it makes misting my plants fun. You know? Love that. It's I'm putting the fun back in mist. <laughs> it's very fun. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want more Unhappy Hour shit, and obviously you do, you can head to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Uh You also can buy some merch at unhappyhourshop.com. And as always, head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, wherever you get podcasts, follow us, rate us, review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Marisa Roscoe, and me, Matt Belisai. Hadim Jang, Meredith Rice, and Kurt Courtenay help out with our socials. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hans Dale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter and Unhappy Hour on Instagram for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601 600 Rant. That's 601 600 7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was not a song. (laughs) 